Hello, Rip City, to all of you here in town and in every corner of the interwebs. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying this beautiful Monday, the 24th of February. I'm Keith Altner Smith. He is Ty Delbridge. What up? And you are listening to the Podland Trailcasters. Keith, if these listeners are trying to find us on social media and reach out to us to send us. I don't know, just anything. Where should they be sending those whatevers to? They can send us anything and everything uh, at the Trailcasters on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, Ty. And if they don't want to use social media and they'd rather send us emails, where can they send those emails to? We love those fancy, dancy emails. You can send them to trailcasters at gmail.com. And if they're listening to this, or obviously they're listening to this, whatever they're listening to (laughs) on, what should they be giving us? Whatever, wherever, whichever thing they listen to it on, be that Spotify, uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere else you find the pod, we are always looking for five stars. Uh, that, was that was very game show-esque. <laughs> I like it. And these uh, awesome beats that these people are hearing, where can they find mm, these amazing beats? These beautiful beats are always to be found, always to be found, no matter what we say, at soundcloud.com slash Beats. Please, as always, also support our sponsor, Clearly Speaking. Brenda Nuckton over at clearlyspeakingoregon.com is a licensed speech and hearing pathologist. She can help you with all sorts of things like dictation, uh, rhythm, stuttering, all sorts of things that I do, Ty does, we all do when we are speaking, but whether you're a public speaking professional or not, whether you're a lawyer, a doctor, uh, an orator, or a car salesman, or anything in between, even if you don't really use your voice and you just want to be better in conversation with your friends, go and talk to Brenda at clearlyspeakingoregon.com. She can help you out. That is clearlyspeakingoregon.com. What was the website, Ty? clearlyspeakingoregon.com. That's right. Okay, so in just a second, we will be getting our buddy Oliver Maroney in here from the Big Three. We're going to be talking about a whole number of things. Let's get straight to it. I say in just a second, and we're just like, okay, let's just go straight to it. Right, that'll work. I thought, thought there'd be more to it. But all right. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. We're just going to go there. Let's go <laughs> talk to Oliver. To I like it. He is just a local Portland hoops guy, also formerly from Dime Magazine, Basketball Insiders, now full-time Big Three, coming to Portland this summer, by the way, right before my birthday. I'm stoked! Uh, And also back for his second of, let's say, 500 contracted episodes here on the Trailcasters. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show, Oliver Maroney. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. What an intro. (laughs) I appreciate it. I'm, I'm excited to... Have the victory in Portland and travel one less week during the season. It's gonna be, it's gonna be nice. There you go. That's a good way to look at it. I like it. I like it. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I like. I was just telling you in the before we started the show up here. Ty and I, as soon as we heard that you guys were kind of uh, coming up here for the playoffs, no less. Uh, we were both like, yes, we're going to this, right? We're doing this. Okay, cool. Let's do this. Uh, yeah. So stoked on it. Already looking forward to August. Uh, my birthday is August 30th as well. So there's like a week beforehand. So it's perfect for me. It works out great, man. I'm stoked. That's great. Oh, hey. Speaking of Ty, look who joins the video side of the audio podcast here. I got like kicked off Skype, so I, uh, I might be behind on the conversation here. I just joined the call, so oh, sorry okay. about that. I don't, I don't oh. know what happened. I got booted. 
No, we, we've uh, we've introduced our wonderful guest, Mr. Maroney, here, and uh, and just talking to him about how you and I are stoked on uh, on the big three this summer. Oh, I'm pumped about the big three. I can't I can't wait for it to come to Portland. I'm going to be there. So yeah, we will definitely be there. Very cool, very cool. I know a lot of people who are, and uh, yeah, it was exciting news, and excited to see Clyde and Greg Oden and a few other names possibly uh, that are former Blazers or current Blazers. You know, Gennaro Pargo uh, recently just um, rejoined with the triplets, so uh, they're going to try and go back-to-back this season. Nice, nice, awesome, dude. Well, can we actually uh, take a second and just kind of glean on Oden? I know we're I know we're on a, trying to keep the clock here. Go ahead, uh, go, yeah. Shout out to uh, Brian No over on the day job here. He's been hey! making a whole point of being like uh, Mr. Clock Integrity, trying to be more about the radio hour and not just leaning over every segment. <laughs> I feel like I'm the worst at that. I could ramble forever. We did like an hour and a half pod with uh, Chris Burkhart the other night, and that should have probably been hey, under an hour, that's but that's how friend. it goes. I love Chris. He's great. Oh, dude. Yeah, he's the one that got me in here. And uh, yeah, shout out to Chris. Hey! Uh, lots of shout outs already. But yeah, let's talk about Greg Oden. Uh, what he could have been here in Portland. I mean, obviously, all three of us here. We were all around uh, in town for for the Roy Aldridge Oden days, right? Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, what what was that? Uh, I think Ty, you had that stat on the top of your uh, Twitter bio for a while. How many games did the three of them actually play together? Oh, I I, I don't even remember. I think it was Something like, like yeah. It, it, I think it had been like maybe like ninety two or maybe eighty two. I don't even. I don't know. even know if it, I, yeah. I think that? it was something like sixty two. I still games have that like trio like 10. as my header though. That's my header on Twitter. Is those three? Yeah. Yeah, it, it what an incredible team, man. But uh, it's it's been fun to see. Obviously, Aldridge down in, in San Antonio, uh, hearing from Roy and kind of the comeback he's making. We talked the other week about the article Quick wrote. Uh, but to see Odin, potentially to see Odin up here, hopefully for the playoffs uh, in August, that would be really something, man. I just feel like for a lot of Portland fans, that'd be a lot of comeback. Uh, Oliver, you yourself, what has been your journey around Odin? Again, being kind of the, the P- Portland local here, and getting to see him in action down there in the big three, how stoked would you be to see him come back up here for the playoffs? And do you think there's a chance that uh, that he makes it all the way through? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, it's actually funny. So Greg and I knew each other indirectly. Uh, I used to work at – so when I got out of school, uh, college, I, I moved back here, and um, I started working at the Adidas employee store. Fun, nice. right? Retail. Nice. <laughs> uh, and uh, one of his best friends worked with me. You know, fast forward five years, six years, well, more than that even. Um, and uh, Greg gets drafted last year, and I pull him aside. I'm doing PR. He knows me already. I pulled him aside right after he got drafted, and I said, hey, we should um, FaceTime Brandon, who's like one of his best friends, played in high school with him. The guy I worked with at Adidas. And so anyways, we got on a call. It was just – it was pretty cool. And, like, honestly, to see Greg – in a place where he's happy that's like the most that's like the coolest thing to me about it is just the fact that he's like very excited about playing not only the big three but then also just uh how how he realizes that he's fortunate to still be here still be able to play like just no hard feelings like not sad about anything Mm um yeah it's just it's Interesting to me, one of the nicest guys off the court that I've ever met, and that's not just because he's Greg Oden, it's just, that's who he is, just an extremely nice dude, and um, so for me to see him play is great, and he was really good last season, like their team was Mm -hmm. on the fringe of the playoffs, should have made the playoffs, just didn't get over the hump, and they had some issues, Um, I mean, 
they had a lot of new pieces, a lot of guys who hadn't played in the league before. So if you don't know anything about the big three, I mean, it's three on three. So it's very difficult to kind of uh, acclimate to if you're a five on five player and you used to getting up and down the court. So a lot of their guys like Brandon Rush, Shannon Brown, um, Greg Oden, uh, those guys just had difficulty kind of adapting. And he even mentions it. The first like two or three games, they were all like kind of confused and just trying to figure the oh, game out and make sure they know what plays are going on. So anyways, this season they have Mike Bibby as their head coach. That was just announced yesterday. And um, it should be interesting. Their team's going to be good. Like they're bringing back basically uh, a good portion of their team and um, they, they, they should be in the mix for sure. And I, I wouldn't be shocked to see them in the playoffs whatsoever. Fingers are crossed, man. I, I would love to see it up here. I feel like it'd be the, the, the real, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say Cinderella story, but there's something oh, yeah. like that in there as far as oh, just yeah. the, it would, really complete the circle to have Odin come back here in the playoffs and man it would just be awesome to see him compete and all the fans up here obviously would be just wondering what if you know uh it'd be beautiful it would be beautiful and then also uh I'm sure there'd be a part of a fan base who would be a little bit uh sad (laughs) yeah that's that's again that what if side it definitely has uh, some lingering nostalgia always stings a little bit right uh absolutely Let's talk about, actually, a uh, nice segue there, Oliver. Let's talk about something else that was beautiful but also stings a little uh, this last week of Blazers basketball. Okay, look, it sounded great to me. I thought it was an awesome <laughs> segue. There's some real poetry in there. Uh, we had one ugly game, I'd say, against New Orleans. Not horrible on all counts, but uh, didn't end well. So in my mind, I just try and, you know, kind of like put that off in the background a little bit. Uh, anything you guys want to stick on uh, with, with the game against New Orleans the other night? It was 128 to 115 loss. Uh, Blazers once again played with only nine players, <laughs> starting Gary Trent next to CJ. CJ goes off for 27 points, 10 assists, six rebounds, five turnovers in that game. Now that's kind of what I want to highlight leading into the game from yesterday against Detroit, a 107 to 104 victory. CJ with a much better line, obviously 41 points, 12 assists, nine rebounds, uh, but throwing in one turnover on the end of there as well. So we've seen two solid games from him running the team without Dame. But we really saw a lot of improvement here, not just on the scoring end, but on the distribution and on running an offense. I feel like this is one of those things that all season, uh, Ty, you and I just the other night were talking with a friend of the show, Michael Bodmer, shout out to him, hey! about the idea that CJ hasn't really uh, improved, I think, in the same way that most fans were kind of hoping for, the way that fan base is kind of expe- the fan base kind of expected CJ would kind of add something to the game this year. And I don't know if we've really seen what we would have expected to uh, to see as far as that improvement goes. But then you see these two games back to back. Like I said, 27, 10, and six with five turnovers. It's now 41, 12, and nine with one turnover. I know this was against Detroit. Uh, you have to have that accounted for a little bit. There. Uh, but Oliver and Ty, both of you guys, how are we feeling as far as uh, as CJ running the offense and kind of uh, his his abilities here uh, to to run the floor? I was very impressed with him these last two games because we've seen him take over before without Dame and not throw out ten assists back to back games. So now that he's adding this playmaking into his game, uh, right. I think this could be like a little silver lining for the team going forward and for CJ going forward and uh, his future, knowing he can be a playmaker. And I think this will. In a way, um, I hope yeah that he, I hope he can maybe just put this more into his game because he is a fantastic scorer. He can go one on one with anybody. He can get hot. But now that he can add this maybe more passing into it and then grab maybe five six assists a night, I think it'll open up his game and I think it make this team a lot better. So yeah, I'm very impressed with seeing him go back to back games ten assists. That's a that's really cool. 
Yeah, I'll just add. I mean, uh, it's interesting. I, I, so the Blazers play the Celtics tomorrow, and I don't want to preview that just yet. But uh, my guy, White Mamba Scalambrini, was in town, and, and we had a hey. long lunch. <laughs> we had a long lunch today. Uh, shout out to the farmer's market. That was great. Um, nice, man. <laughs> but uh, anyways, um, you know, we were talking about CJ, and both of us agreed, like, he just operates better when um, when he can have the ball in his hands. He's just he's just better all around, uh, mm-hmm. and I think what we've seen in Portland in the past is, you know, I think early on, you know, a guy like Whiteside is gonna need the ball in his hands in order to really be a productive big. Um, without it, it just seems like he kind of fades in and out of games a lot more. And so you get Whiteside with the ball in his hands, you get him going early, then you see Dame, and now you've got this mellow situation as well. I think it's just much harder for him to be able to adapt. And he's kind of the, like to me, not the odd man out in a sense of like, hey, he needs to be traded. That's not what I'm saying here. He's just kind of the odd man out in terms of like being one of the focal points of the offense, which he's always been. And I think he he still is in a sense. He's just not as much so as he was previously. And I think when you have a guy like Whiteside, it's unfortunate. It's good and bad at the same time, but it's unfortunate because you do see where CJ possibly struggles is when he doesn't necessarily have the ball in his hands. He doesn't feel confident. And you can also just see his playmaking ability. Um, the only way that he's going to be able to playmake, in my opinion, is when he does have the ball in his hands. And that's something that we just haven't seen a lot of this year. I mean, I, I personally have mm-hmm. seen less of it than last year or even seasons prior. And I think really... Terry Stotts and this coaching staff needs to figure out how to get him more involved in this offense. Cause you know, this past two games isn't a fluke. We've seen CJ do these sort of things before. It's just because Dame's out. Now he has to shoulder that load and he knows he has kind of the, the green light to do what he wants to do. And also like, I think with this team, like there is no backup point guard. So right now, like when there is no Dame, he has, I mean, like he's doing everything. So I think even like five turnovers against a Pelicans team that has Drew Holiday, it's That's really not that point. bad because he probably had the ball ninety percent of the time. Uh, so yeah, like I'm very. Um, I think for CJ, yeah, like I, I think we need to see him have the ball in his hands more. Uh, what's unfortunate for him is, I don't know if that will get better because, I think I think with last year we saw with Yusuf Nurkic is he was like baby, or I think he might have been like the second best player on the team and. He had the ball a ton, and now I think with Nurkic coming back, maybe this year, but so definitely going forward, I think he's going to be a huge part of this offense, and that might push CJ back again, which is very unfortunate because, yeah, I think he needs the ball in his hands. He needs to be going one-on-one and then just creating more stuff off the dribble, which he's fantastic at doing and going for 50 points in 27 minutes like he did against the Bulls. Like, that's what he's capable of doing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Like, I think he needs to have the ball in his hands a lot more. Uh, well, it, it's. I, I just think it's interesting that uh, you both mentioned he needs to have the ball in his hands, but I think there's. You definitely said it, Oliver, as far as putting the precursor that you're not talking about trying to uh, uh, encourage a trade here. We can loop back around to this, I think, but I, I think there is something in there that he does just seem to have this uh, extra potential that is not being unlocked when he's playing second uh, second position. There, there's something there for that. Uh, Let's get back to that, though. I do have another thing I wanted to bring up that you guys kind of touched on there as far as not having another person to run the offense right now. Uh, we have a question in here from uh, listener Leighton Porter, at Leighton T. Porter on Twitter. He says, was depending on Simons as our number two point guard a mistake? 
His defense is horrendous. His offense is spotty, and he doesn't distribute the ball well. Uh, and is that going to change anytime soon, or is he a long-term project? I think this is a legit question here. At one point we saw with Simons, I think he was negative 17 in like eight minutes of play to start the game against Detroit last night. Uh, not starting the game, obviously, but but his first minutes in there. That's that's not consistent, man. I know we've seen some really bright spots too, but uh, what do you think is the issue here with Simons? Is he not getting enough time to develop? Is he uh, were, were expectations just too high? Do we have to kind of maybe ease this off? Uh, Oliver, I want, I want to go to you first over there because I saw you kind of, uh, I think maybe kind of a, a laugh when I first mentioned uh, and you heard these numbers coming, I think. But uh, what do you think? Like, what's the deal? What, what, what are we, were we expecting too much from Simons or is he uh, missing something that uh, maybe needs to step up a little? I, I mean, I think it's a little mix of both, right? I think uh, when you look at Simons, I don't think he's gotten the run that he needs to as a young player to actually gain some confidence. When you look at this team, it's just been changed so many times over this season. Injuries happen, trades happen, signings happen like a mellow. I mean, when you came into the season, you're like, Simons is a real opportunity here to, to seize momentum. He could definitely be that kind of six man or you know possible starter at some point during the season what do we think where is he going to be and now i mean i'm not saying that he's not that it's just with all the fluctuation in the team if you're a head coach and you're a coaching staff i think your job especially with the young players is to consistently give them minutes whether that is 10 minutes a game whether it's 20 minutes a game whether it's 25 or 30 minutes a game but I think they need to have that consistency. And I just don't think that we've really seen that at all. And I understand that play is part of it. You do have to pull players at times if they're not playing up to snuff or whatever. But I think a lot of it with young players is you have to kind of right the ship. And, and a lot of coaches and teams don't do that anymore. But the teams that do usually see that success pay off. I mean, you look at the Warriors right now. and they've, Obviously, they have injuries. They're not the Blazers. This isn't the same situation. But if you look at the Warriors and how they manage things and how they play guys, it's fairly consistent. Whether or not the guy is playing strongly or not, um, they do tend to give guys minutes and give guys opportunities, and they know when they're going in and when they're going out. And I think with any NBA team, any team in general, um, that is something that you just have to look at and say, this is, this is something that you have to, to use, especially for a guy like Simons. It just doesn't seem like he can be the rookie that Zion is or the rookie that Ja Morant is or one of these higher-end players. I know Ant's not a rookie per se, but I mean, just in general, I think you can't treat him like those top lottery picks that are succeeding and playing in any sort of situation. He's just going to be a little bit more of a longer-term prospect and project, and I think you have to right the ship one way or another with him, and I think for me... You just have to play him more consistently. You can't pull him out with four minutes left in the game and then the next game play him through the fourth quarter and expect him to do, you know what I mean? You have that's to be consistent yeah. with that. I think that's something that Terry Stotts has, he's done for a while and it's been frustrating. Like he's done that with star players. He's done that with role players before. It's just like, he's probably the worst coach in the NBA with that. Like he'll be like, all right, like here's one <laughs> night, like you're playing 30 minutes and then next night here's our like, we or like here's four DMPs. We say, I mean, last year with Myers Leonard, we saw it currently. He turns out to be Miami starting forward. He's playing all right with them because now he's getting consistent minutes. He's getting out there in rhythms. I think same thing with Simons. I don't know if he's getting a ton of uh, of his consistency. I also think Stotts. So it's kind of tricky because 
I think there was a ton of hype on Simons, and also I think there was a ton of hype on the Blazers. So he had a lot of pressure, I think, becoming the second unit point guard because he had so much pressure for him and then for this team. So now I think that the season's maybe going down the hill. They should maybe let this groin injury for Lillard maybe linger on a little bit and let him rehab, and then now let Simons blossom and get like maybe three weeks of like 30 minutes or something just consistently to get him in a rhythm and see what you really got. Yeah. Cause I think he has a ton of talent. He's still so young. He's 20, but just like what we've seen for him flashes of what he can do. Like he's very Dame and CJ esque, and it's awesome that he gets to like be behind them. Um, so yeah, I- I'm kind of on, let's get these young players going the second half of the season so we can have them going for the future. Cause I mean like, also, like, look at Pat Carrington now playing for the Bucks. Like, he's playing consistently for the Bucks, and he's dominating. Or not dominating, but he, like, he's playing very well. But here, they he would him. play, like, five games, and then he wouldn't play, and then five games, he wouldn't play. Five games, wouldn't play. It's like, what the heck? Yeah, and, that, and uh, just to add really quickly, I mean, Anthony Simons, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter, like I said, if he plays 30 minutes a night. I'm not saying give him all the run in the, in, in the world here. I'm just saying if he's going to play 10 minutes a night, give him the consistent 10 minutes a night. If that's right. the last four minutes in the second quarter and it's the last three minutes in the third quarter and two in the start of the fourth quarter or whatever, however you sparse that out, just keep it consistent and let him know that that's going to be his role moving forward because that way he understands what he needs to do and he knows who he's playing with. He can understand that role better. Just young guys adapting to this game. It's just, uh, I, you can't ask everything of them. And I do think that Neil Olshay, like this whole organization touted him up very highly. And when you do that early on in a season, I understand you're trying to give him confidence, but if he's not going to play that much, then you can't yeah. do that to him. And so I think that's <laughs> yeah, where that's you point. see that GM and coach combo where that needs to be, you need to be on the same wave, same wavelength. And, and Terry Stotts and Neil Olshay need to be commu- in communication about that and say, hey, are we really going to play Ant this much? Is this really what's going to happen? Okay, this is the plan moving forward. Let's give him some confidence. Let's roll with this. But if, if they're not going to do that, don't do that because that's just that, – we're seeing it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, He's confusing I'm, everybody. <laughs> I, the, the through line I'm hearing there, and I think this makes a lot of sense, is – the problem has been the, uh, the the changing course of the season. When we came in here, uh, the plan as far as we, – we've said many times before in episodes, we've talked about a number of players on the team, even the ones that uh, were here. Let's not even talk about Melo or some of the guys that uh, – yeah, things that have come on later. But guys like Nasir Little should have been a fringe player. Uh, Rodney Hood going down, Zach Collins going down early. So many of these injuries changed the course of this team so drastically and then that wasn't the only change it kind of had to keep veering off to a different course as things went on further through the season uh and now the latest one being dame's injury it's been really uh hard probably for anyone in the front office or front office with olshay or coaching staff with stats and the rest of them to plan around what to do uh minutes wise or just exposure uh wise for a lot of these players not just the young guys let's talk about dame's injury though and how that affects the path going forward here we have heard him say he missed a New Orleans game and the Detroit game here. We heard him say he's he could be out three to five games. Uh, I think that was his own words, three to four, and then he said three to five. And uh, I think he said six on ESPN, but that was like a oh, week really? or so ago. But maybe that that was counting it because like he said, yeah, up to six games, which I thought was different than what he said earlier. But so I don't have the standings up here in front of me now. Let me pull this up real quick. Just give me a second. I, I did see up. today that we are closer to the Phoenix Suns, who are the 13th seed, than we are to the Memphis Grizzlies, who are the 8th seed. <laughs> so, okay. do with that with you. 
that is a that's a perfect way to illustrate it. But yes, here we go. Uh, the Grizzlies are right now 15 and a half games back from first. We are three games behind them, uh, 26 and 32, and the Suns on the 13th place are a game and a half behind us. So yes, that is accurate. 13th place in the West is a game and a half behind us, where we are a full solid. Uh, Double that as far as getting actually just that eighth seed in the playoffs. That in mind, if Dame is going to miss, let's say, another three games, maybe another four, who knows what. Maybe he should miss more if we're really talking about the health of our franchise star here uh, and the lingering thing that a groin injury can be. Are we still looking towards the playoffs as a reasonable expectation or are we more looking towards developing guys like Ant, guys like Nas Little, uh, kind of bringing out some, some of the younger talent and seeing what we can get on that end for the future. I think it's up in the air right now. Um, I'm, I know like a couple weeks ago, I know like I think I think it might have just been you and I. And I said that I don't think you could hold Dame out. I, I thought he would play no matter what. I, I thought he'd be back by now. And you, you can't hold Dame out, but maybe an injury can. Yeah. But again, like the, the groin injuries, for anyone that has not heard this before, they are kind of notorious for being a lingering chronic injury and this is something that you want to make sure that he gets 100% healthy on before he comes back in the game he says three to five games realistically that might be five to eight eight yeah. to ten I mean and and then also we're right now like these the five games let's say all of a sudden he misses five games and they lose all five games what's the point of him coming back then Oliver I mean, what do you think what's what's the point here if, if I get he, the point though like there's a point of bringing him back but I know, I no, no. You... I'm with you though, Ty. Yeah. Look, I'm not arguing. I, I was gonna argue when you first were even saying bringing him back, because again, if if he's gonna miss the next five and play money, money, lingering... money, money, and the contract <laughs> he signs is why he needs to come back, and he probably will, but he shouldn't. Oliver, does Dame come back? What do you think? I think he comes back. Absolutely. Yeah, he's not gonna not. I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think that's realistic. Uh, unfortunately, like I, I, yeah. I kind of tend to lean that way if they lose all five games. I actually. Some weird inkling tells me that they're going to go... I think CJ can keep this thing afloat. Um, and I think they're going to be better than what people expect them to be. So, I like it. Um, it. I think, you know, even tomorrow, I think it's a huge game. I mean, every game now is, is meaningful. Uh, they know that. They've been in this situation before, unlike some of these other teams. And, uh, you know, this is a very big deal for CJ and his career and what we make of it. Because if CJ comes in and does and does this uh, and, and wins, let's say, 50% of the games, right, let's just be mm. conservative here. Sure. I think 50% is probably reasonable given the schedule down the stretch, whatever. In the next five to seven games, he goes, you know, they win 50% of them. If you're the Blazers and if you're CJ – you know that this is a meaningful time to showcase what you can do without a guy in Dame and to show other teams what you can possibly be for them. So to me, this is, this is a statement situation for CJ, and I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him go on a tear similar to what we saw the past two times. Now, is it enough for them to win enough games to make the playoffs? I don't know, but I, I think there's a real possibility that they go on a little bit of a tear here and they actually start winning some games even without Dame on the floor. And it wouldn't surprise me one bit if, you know, your Memphis Grizzlies, even the Pelicans to an extent, um, maybe they slip up a couple of times and we're looking at this, maybe let's say eight to 10 games from now, we're looking at this and the Blazers are two games out of the eighth spot. I think that's a pretty... Really? 
Yeah. I mean, no, no, I, I, I hear you. It's the, we, we always do see a March run from this team. We tend to see a, a, a surge late. It's been like every year, it feels like. And, <laughs> yeah, and I don't it does. Know, and, and Dame is a part of that, obviously. And Zach Collins and Nurkic and all these players that could be coming back. But, like, just think about – I don't know what Nurkic's situation is, but think about 10 minutes of Nurkic and 10 minutes of Collins a night in, like, Ooh. what? March 5th, 6th, 7th area maybe if we're lucky. I don't know. I, I think that there's a real possibility that, that they can win 8 out of the last 10 games or something crazy like that where they can maybe get that 8 seed. And to me, it's more important for this team to get the 8 seed than it is to just try and like sit on this and have Dame sit and just do this whole like lollygag thing. Okay, let me let me interrupt you right there because that again, Oliver, with another perfect segue. It's like you're hosting the show here. Uh, I got to go throw over to another one of the listener questions from Jared Kelly at Jared Kelly, uh, friend of the show, has been a guest uh, reporter over from KGW. He asks, he says, "Hey guys, do you think the Blazers would be better off making the playoffs this season or missing the playoffs and getting a higher draft pick?" So the question being specifically, would the Bla- would the team be better? Is it better for this team to miss or make the playoffs? Oliver, back to what you were saying about exactly that absolutely mate absolutely it's made go for it make it to me there's there's so many cases of this um i know everybody will do a point to hey we want a high draft pick draft picks are 50 50 at best you may get that guy look at the guys they've drafted and then then think about this the gm they have currently who has he hit on in the draft in the past five years i i'm gonna be honest it's tough to pick one guy and say He's been a superstar for this team. He's been really good for this team. And I'm not saying they've had high draft picks, but in a draft where there was Donovan Mitchell, Kyle Kuzma, a bunch of other guys, they drafted Zach Collins, and they mm. traded both of their picks yep. to get to trade up to get Zach Collins. I'm not. And saying remember, the, remember, you can't credit him with uh, drafting Dame either, because I've heard that argument before. Uh, Olshay did not draft Dame, so yeah, sorry to interrupt yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. All. So I'm not saying his draft. Uh, you know, analysis is questionable or the drafts that he's draft picks that he's made are questionable. I just think when you look at his history, there's room there to question what's going on. And if that's really worth tanking or whatever you want to call it. Um, And to me for this team, a young team and Anthony Simons, you know, little uh, even a Zach Collins, if he can get healthy for the playoffs, that's more meaningful to me and to that to this franchise and I think you look back I mean you look back at some of the teams that have become good and great in the playoffs and they usually uh, barely make the playoffs that first or second year they're together and then they start to grow on that I'm not saying this team is in that position but I look back to like the Warriors versus the Clippers where they ended up losing in the first round that was like the start of their run um, the Bucks have lost multiple times in the first or second round. But now look at this third season. They're doing much better in the regular season. And it seems like Giannis and them are on a tear and want to prove something. So for me, I think playoff experience is extremely valuable. And I think any franchise would tell you that. And it, unless you're in a situation where you don't have any franchise superstars, I, I think you have to go this route. If this sends the wrong message to Dame... This sends the wrong message to CJ. And to be honest with you, there's not two or three other guys I'd want on my franchise than Damian Lillard. And to me, you have to appease to him, whatever that is. And you know that he wants to be in the playoffs. You know he's not going to try and sit out games and tank and do that. 
I just that's not in his DNA. So to me, I would keep the guy happy. I would keep the team happy in the sense that they're going to play longer, and I think the playoff experience is extremely valuable. Ty, what do you think? Are you going to disagree at all as far as making or missing the playoffs? No, I can lean either way. I am a draft guy. I love uh, all that stuff. So like, or so let's say that ends up happening, and but also. Let's say they do fall to the lottery. I think it'll be like what, like 12 or 13th, 14th pick. So like, it's not like it's a top 10 pick. So also like that's not something to get super excited about. But yeah, like I can dive into it and get lost in it. Also with Olshay, yeah, he hasn't had a really good draft record. So maybe he ends up trading that pick, or he ends up trading it to move up, or he ends up trading it for a player who's actually good. So maybe that's something we can have our fingers crossed for. But I think yeah. I think obviously like with making the playoffs is the goal because that's I mean that's what everybody should be doing because that gets you a shot to go in the championship or cause let's say like I mean let's say you get Collins back Nurkic back you have Whiteside CJ Dame I mean there's something there for a magical run we saw it last year I think Dame's I don't know like there's top five talent there with all this team like I don't know like there is things for both sides so um i guess that's where i'm sitting like you're, I'm sitting, you're such a fence rider you're, I'm you're a fence right. rider and you're i can roll with the neighbor yeah <laughs> obviously the playoffs are better and i want to see my team on the playoffs when i go to watch national tv games i'd rather watch them play than some other team play so yeah i want the playoffs but and also i think it's kind of similar we've seen guys well maybe not free agents but so maybe we see a big run from dame who comes back from injury and then we see guys who want to play with Damian Lillard because of what he uh, does, whatever. So maybe just more of that, like seeing him on more of the national stage, will get guys more attention to the Blazers or him, and they want to come play with that. We've seen it with Russell Wilson with the Seahawks. Guys want to come play with the Seahawks because of him, because he continues to fight and want to win. So now maybe if Dame does that, guys will be like, you know what? Yeah, like he maybe didn't have a chance to do it, but he tried. I'm going there. One sec here, because, <laughs> you know, uh, it's Dame time for Portland, okay? And what I mean by that is this is a ticking time bomb, in my opinion. Oh, I, have a okay. fe- I have a feeling that if Dame isn't satisfied with where the Blazers are at, you know, not this this offseason, but maybe this leads into the next offseason, which is, hey, I didn't make the playoffs this year, and then let's say next season they don't end up where they want to be. This could be a very slippery slope for this franchise and for Dame. I know he said he wants to be in Portland forever. I understand that. I hear this from all sorts of players, and I know Dame is different. But I just, I I have to wait to see it because to me, if you're a player and you're not where you want to be and you're not, and, and you're doing everything you possibly can, that is probably the most frustrating thing for any player to go through, and I don't know how much longer he would take it. Now, I know it's Dame, and every Portland fan is going to be like, no, he said he wants to play. Yeah. This is what LaMarcus said. He yeah. said it over and over and over. I want to be Clyde Drexler in the, the record books, this and that and the other thing. And I know that LaMarcus was, you know, the fan base didn't necessarily love him as much as Dame, but... He was still a guy that people viewed as, as a, you know, one of the faces of the franchise for a long period of time. Like I said, I just think players get frustrated, uh, especially when they're doing everything they possibly can to win and they're not getting that result. And over time, it just seems to really put pressure on them and what their legacy looks like. And as they get older, that becomes more of the bigger picture for them. So may- maybe I'm wrong about Dame. I could be, and I would be happy to be wrong about it. But <laughs> I'm just, 
to me, I think it's a ticking time bomb if you don't do it the way that that uh, he would want it, which is being competitive, going out there, yep. doing exactly what you can possibly do to win now. And I think the franchise should think about that too. Even if you tank, you need to trade that draft pick. There's no yep. reason yeah. to tank anybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> yep. This isn't, to me, that's why I love the Kevin Love thing that you guys were talking about earlier. I would have really appreciated the Blazers going out and doing something like that because to me that sends a signal to Dame and to yep. the rest of this team that you want to win and win now. And you just, man, the Bucks have done a terrific job with Giannis and trying to show him that they want to win now. That's what the Blazers have to start doing is they have to start thinking short term and, and, and operate similarly to what, what the Cavs did, what other teams have done, which is anything Going you can all do in. to win a championship. Yeah, that's, that's an that? interesting point. Okay, so I mean, I'm not against it. And it sounds like you guys are both kind of on the same page saying that you have to do something, maybe not this offseason, but something soon to attract the, the components you need to make the run. Go all in on this team and make something behind Dame and CJ. Uh, whether we're talking to trade versus you or not, making something behind Dame. Uh, Dame is under contract. Be, be, uh, sorry. Dame is under contract until 2024, 25, I think, season. And CJ, one year less than that. So that's when those contracts, contracts do extend out to. Uh, they're both here long term. And... Uh, I'm 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 not against what you're saying, but I also could see. Look at what you're seeing from. I know Anthony Simons we were saying earlier has not been consistent, uh, and Nas obviously has plenty of room to develop. But if you were able to get a high pick, look at what you're seeing right out of the bat, uh, right out of the gates from Zion Williamson, from John Morant. There's been other big men around the league too, other high draft picks that if you can get the right pick, if you can get that high one in there. And it might not take that much. Like you said, we are closer to 13th seed right now than to the 8th seed. It wouldn't be that hard if we are going to rest Dame a little bit longer. Uh, and maybe not, you know, Nurk has had some uh, troubles with his recovery. Maybe let him recover more fully, not rush Zach back. It wouldn't be that hard to slide further down where you could have better, not great, but better chances at a good draft pick that could result in someone who could be helpful next season or the one after and have them locked up long term. That all being said... draft class is not very strong, though. I'll just throw that out there. That's fair, I was too. Gonna, I was gonna, There's yeah, no was Zion gonna... or John. Okay, fine. Look, I'm just playing devil's <laughs> hey, advocate. No, uh, no you, you make a good point. There are always teams that need players, and they need young players that are going to give them the potential for the future and sell it to the fan base and whatnot. So, I'm not, not disregarding that fact, and, and I see what you're saying, and I think if you had to do it that way, you would just have to sell Dame on the fact that you're going to possibly trade that pick and get somebody who's actually valuable now as opposed to trying to build another Anthony Simons or another Nas Little or another There's Myers no time. Leonard or yeah, another no this time. or another Zach Collins. I mean, even Zach Collins, I haven't seen enough of Zach Collins to say, hey, this guy's a real difference maker. And I'm not trying to be rude. It's just no, I hear you. the facts are, you know, he's played, what, 20 minutes a night, 25 minutes a night. And it was actually playoff basketball that is what got fans excited. So, yeah, exactly. let's get to the playoffs. And then we can see these guys play at the highest level when it matters and see what Touché. they're really made of. I like it. Fair go. point. Okay. Uh, Oliver, I know you've got limited time here. You are a busy man. We're not trying to keep you too long. I have three uh, topics, one serious, two much less so serious okay. uh, that I want to hit on before we let you go. And thank you again so much for the time. No, it's fine. Uh, the one that you mentioned is the trade rumor that we heard. Uh, we have heard from, correct me if I'm wrong here, it was Jason Lloyd at The Athletic. I get these, I'm getting these names screwed up again, even though I tried to clarify with you both earlier. Yep. Jason Lloyd at The Athletic uh, put it out there that Olshay tried to trade Hassan Whiteside for Kevin Love. 
with the Cavaliers. Uh, obviously, we heard a lot of this before the trade deadline came up. Uh, would Kevin Love fit or not? There was a lot of talk that he wanted out of Cleveland, but then there was also a lot of talk that he did not want to come to Portland. He has specifically severed ties with certain parts of his family and other off-court things that we don't need to get into, but he didn't want to come here. Maybe that's part of why the trade didn't happen. Maybe it's that the price was too high. Who knows what? How do you guys feel about the overall result? The fact that we've seen Whiteside balling out here uh, seems to like it here. Seems to there's there's at least some potential that he could stick around. And like we were saying earlier on this discussion of putting the right pieces around Dame uh, for uh, for a good run, if he wants to be here, that's kind of like the same situation as Hood. He could be a piece that could be valuable. I, I, I guess I'm I'm showing my hand here. I'm in favor of this. I'm glad we didn't get Kevin Love. I'm glad it didn't work out that way. Are either of you going to push back? Are either of you saying this team would be better off now or in the future with Kevin Love on the roster? It's more talent on the roster, so that's a yes for me. So. You're saying you would rather have Kevin Love on the roster? Going forward, yeah. But that's just me. Oh, I mean, I've been gosh. on that for a while now, so. He's just a talented basketball player, and I think that's what <laughs> wins games and what sells and what fans want to see. And I think it'd be fun to see Kevin Love and Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic, so. I tried to I make it hard for you back, you just went with it. I'm going quick, you know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm all on board with Kevin Love. Uh, what? And oh, finally, so <laughs> so let me let me explain this for just a second so people understand too because I think people get wrapped up into the age debate way too much. And for a guy like Kevin Love, his game is something that should age well. Now he's not the guy who's gonna back to the basket in the post, like gonna bang people in the po- bang on people in the post and whatnot. He's a guy who can hit the three-point shot very well. He can shoot well. He stretches the floor. We've seen it time and time again. When he's surrounded by the right pieces, he excels. And to me, that's the type of guy that you want on a team. Not only that, but it's someone that you can really play to Stotts' strengths, in my opinion, with all the flares and screens and things that he runs. I think Kevin Love is a guy that you know you can really fit into like the corner three position on either side and really get a lot out of. So for me, I like the Kevin Love addition. I, I would love to see it. But to be honest with you, I have a hard time believing that they would do it. Uh, and I'm surprised they even offered that. Just because, you know, I, I, CJ and Hassan share the same agency. Um, there's just a lot of ties there that, that kind of make me wonder maybe if, if that's part of the reason he's here in the first place. And um, I'm not trying to speculate. I, I just, you know, you look at the agencies and things like that, and I think that does play play a key point. You notice a lot of the teams around the NBA operate with the same agents um, and operate with the same sort of people. So for me, um, I would love to see Kevin Love here. I think it makes a lot of sense, and I think his game ages very well. And, and people are, who are afraid of that contract, absolutely, there is every reason for you to be afraid of it. But I would just, you know, counter with the fact that his game is going to age well. He can play well into his 30s, and I, I just, I'd like to see it with this Portland Trailblazers team. I think he could do a lot for them. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you know what? Fine. I, uh, you know what? God, you, you, you guys and your reasonable arguments. Uh, I like it. We're, Oliver, we're gonna have to get you back in here to talk about this more. I still am firmly entrenched in that. I don't think it's the right move, but there's too many moving parts. Why? To, uh, to, well, why? To now. Well, wait, 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 here's wait, wait, my wait. question. No, 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 no. Here's my question to you. <laughs> what, what, what other player out there makes logical sense for this Blazers team and is not too high of, um, 
it doesn't cost too much uh, value out of this team or, or to extract too much value out of this team. There's there's not two expiring contracts for him. Two guys I could possibly walk this summer because it was or because it was Whiteside and Bazemore, and, Bazemore, right? and Bazemore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's two guys who could potentially walk for nothing this summer for a very talented basketball player who's under contract for a couple of years. Okay, if you could have done it for Whiteside and Bazemore, that's that's a whole but the Cavs, other story. They just they said no. Because that was a yeah. salary dump for them, basically, and they want him as an asset, which it's <laughs> fine. But nobody's going to come to terms with that guy. This team, the, the, the team trading for him's value of him and the Cavs' value of him is just the discrepancy is <laughs> too high right now. Right. There's no okay, way okay. that's going to happen. But there is a guy that I've been thinking about for a long time, and I just wish a team that knew how to use him would take, and that's Aaron Gordon. See, okay, thank you. And we we do line up on this a little bit. You and I do see eye to eye or mind to mind on on that. I I totally agree. I think Aaron Gordon would be a great fit here. The value. Yeah. Th- there's no way that you you're trading CJ in that sort of situation probably, or you're trading. What? Maybe That's not may, the worst thing. Maybe you're trading Ant and Nas Little, mm. something along those lines. Because to mm. me, Aaron Gordon could be that third star that you're looking for i really think that in the right situation he's the right guy but, but again if, if you trade ant and nas little to get him then you have a, a core here between dame cj aaron gordon nurkic and the rodney well, hood and, 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 the wing. and you probably have to get rid of some more to, to make the salaries work yeah yeah, yeah. uh okay okay so again there's a, there's a lot of moving parts here there's a we lot will of come back parts. to this we, we're, we're going to come back to this when oliver we got to have you on again soon i promise uh from <laughs> little funny. From Little Ucho at Little underscore Ucho, what two former players, Oliver, would you want to get a beer with? And I feel like this is an ideal question for you with your big three connections. What two players would you most feel like would be uh, nice to get a pint with? Uh, Damon Stoudemire, absolutely. Put me on yeah, the list for right Damon away. Stoudemire. Absolutely. Okay. No nice question one. about it. Um, Rudy Fernandez. Oh, interesting. Wow, that's a shot in the dark. I don't think I would have uh, guessed that one. Yeah, seems like an interesting dude. Definitely different. I, I I think the accent would make it more interesting just because it would be like uh, kind of trying to figure out what he was saying. <laughs> cross cultures. I, yeah, cross cultures. I also think we'd get a lot more street cred if we went to like some fancy restaurant. There so, you go. <laughs> absolutely. I'm on board like with it. Rudy Fernandez and Damon Sotomayor. That's like, I mean, objectively my favorite Blazer, I think. <laughs> nice, man. Were you at the game last night? Did you see him uh, I was there? For... I was not at the oh. game last night. I saw the TV stuff. I saw everything about it, and I was I was, I was, was disappointed I wasn't there. But uh, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, Damon Sotomayor was growing up. I mean, no, I, I like it, man. You, you know how to pick your drinking buddies. That would be a good one, uh, both those. Uh, Ty, what do you think? Any, uh, any other suggestions? Who I would do Brandon Roy just because, you know, I'm just like a ba- I'm basic. I'm a basic Portland Trailblazer fan. Just kidding. <laughs> um, and um, I'll throw Steve Blake in there. He'd be nice, fun. Nice, nice. I like it. Okay. Yeah, another big three draft combine. Yep. Today. You know, I, I gotta say, I'm with you on the uh, on the accent thing. I was thinking about Batum. I feel like he would have a lot of stories. Ooh, that's and, a good one. That's a good one. Uh, gosh, you know, maybe just to go along with kind of someone I've seen this year who I feel like uh, is a, has a, has a great personality and kind of has that Rudy Fernandez connection. Uh, I feel like I gotta go with Trevor Ariza. I, I feel like he'd be a good Solid. one to get a drink with. Definitely have some <laughs> stories. 
Joel yeah, Freeland. Joel Freeland would be oh, fun. I'd yeah, like to get Joel him to fight oh. at a bar with Joel Freeland. Or Joel like... Prisabella. I was going to say Prisabella, too. Would be fun. Prisabella would be interesting. There's a lot so of So many good Blazers. Yeah, oh, Arvina Sabonis. Give me a bit. Yeah. Goodness. There's too wow. many. Okay, Oliver, next time you uh, come on the show, we're going to have to do a whole power ranking system uh, of the best Blazers to get uh, a pint with. <laughs> there you go. Love wait, it. wait, what did you say? Uh, bracketology. Bracketology. There we go. Perfect. There we need go. some bracketology on, on Blazers drinking buddies. Uh, <laughs> dude, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate your time. Oliver Maroney of the Big Three. We're going to see you in August, man. Obviously, we'll get you back on the show before then I'll because we got to. I'll see you in the game tomorrow, probably. Or maybe? Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. see you down there. Perfect, man. Sweet. All right. Thanks so Sounds much, man. Good. Thanks a lot, guys. Welcome back, and thank you again to Oliver Maroney of the Big Three uh, for coming on here. Also, local, you know, Portland guy. I don't want to Jesse. He's a, of the Big Three. That acts like he's some some big dude. Who doesn't know Blazers, man. He's a local dude here he in knows town. His stuff. Following the team, he cares, man. I love it. We got a number of these uh, big big time honchos that like professionals around the industry, uh, and really they're just other Portland kids, man. It's good stuff. It's cool to connect with. I like it. Uh, you know what else I like, Ty? Sports betting, gambling. Big, big fan. And apparently you do too because uh, you over there on the TD Sports Podcast, shout out to you guys, uh, to you, sir. Uh, you've been setting some good lines, man. You've been uh, making some good bets, I hear. Like it's, uh, I've been I've been picking some good ones, but then all of a sudden, you know, we hit some cold streaks, but that happens in the game of betting. Uh, nobody's perfect, and, then, and I just think anything. So uh, you just got to bounce back. Um, frustrating sometimes to uh, lose some money, uh, so you got to make adjustments. And uh, yeah, it's been fun. Um, I we set some good ones last week. I honestly don't remember what I set. I think we picked <laughs> the Blazers to upset the Pelicans. Uh, that did not happen. Well, I, I remember. Uh, I, I know that you do post all of your lines on Twitter. I believe. Uh, so I, I think any no, no matter how you do on the lines, you can keep track, uh, record whether you're up or down. And I'd say overall, uh, you seem like a good person to follow for some betting advice. But yeah, as far as the lines last time here on the pod, I believe you set the line at minus three for the Blazers, but that was including the stipulation that Dame was going to play. Uh, because that's true. I shout out to Chris Burkhardt again. We hey! had him on here. Uh, and the kind of the idea was that this groin injury wasn't so serious at the time. Uh, we were thinking maybe he would be back. He was using the all-star break to kind of rest up. We have obviously since heard, obviously all of us have since heard that Dame is uh, taking his time a little more, as he should, I believe, with uh, with the information that is out there. You don't want to rush his back. No, and he, and he shouldn't rush it back either. Yeah, um, that minus three, uh, that did not happen. We, uh, we lost by a, a good amount, and it was, it, I feel like it got out of hand pretty early. Um, yeah. If I uh, remember right. 120 to 115 loss for us did not feel good. I don't think the Blazers ever led uh, nope. during the game. But again, like we said earlier with Oliver, uh, the Blazers only play with nine players. And CJ looks pretty good, but there wasn't a whole lot else going on for that game. That aside, uh, oh, sorry, were you going to add something else? Nope, all good. Well, that aside, besides the uh, nasty New Orleans ugliness uh, at, what well, I think that was Friday night, yep. we had uh, the good game on Sunday, but... We thought we would have been podcasting before that game, so we didn't actually bother setting a line for that game. Uh, you know, so be it. No big deal. It was an odd one to predict anyway. 
Uh, I would have set it at Blazers minus three and a half. I I can say that uh, one thing we did win the one bet that I did win out on that night was I got this amazing uh, basketball hat that oh, I will no. be wearing for all of the podcasts from now on. Uh, <laughs> oh, listeners no. uh, that saw the listener questions, you guys saw this posted where myself, my nephew Adam, shout out to him, and my wife Abby. Uh, we all had these on at the game, and yeah, man, it it works. It's got the the mouth is clear here, and nothing gets in the way for podcasting. I don't think you can like hear any styrofoam or anything. It's got a nice big pinwheel on my head. I, I feel like I could. I'm a luchador podcaster now. Like you can't tell who I am. I could ask all sorts of random insulting it's a questions. Mystery. And no one would ha- have any idea whose living room this was. None. The basketball okay. head on. <laughs> You're a right, mystery well, yeah. man. Shout out to uh, Blanked at Zero Sum for hey! the question of where do I get that hat. We got those hats of the game, man. It was uh, one of the booths down below. I don't remember exactly who, and I'm, they're not paying me, so I'm not going to give them a, a free shout out on the pod, uh, like our sponsor, Clear Speaking Organ. Uh, but yeah, it was one of those uh, dudes down below uh, selling some timeshares, and they had these hats to hand out. And we may have suckered them into giving us three of them since I had a little kid with me, but you know, that's what you use little kids for. Smart, smart move. <laughs> okay, so Ty, games this week. Ty, uh, of the of the TD Sports Pod, where you cover all the betting lines, uh, what, all, all around the NBA and some NFL as well? I'm always all sports, but basically just, yeah, I'm basically all doing sports. the NBA. I'm doing NFL. I'm doing MMA. Bro, I you bet on boxing. Yourself. I bet on boxing. I had I had Tyson Fury. Okay. You had Fury? Really? Had you Fury. had Fury on that? I had Fury plus 120. I got what? it on. Oh, yeah, I was yes. going to say a lot of the money was on yes, Wilder. Yes, sir. It was on that. I thought Fury was a better boxer. So, yeah, you can, uh, you. You can come over to me for all things sports. I basically put out a daily uh, of the show of, of just basketball right now because there, there's so many basketball games. But once football season gets back in, I'll be I'll put out more football ones. And Yeah, I'm a man of more than just Blazers and NBA. I am a sports enthusiast. Well, listen, bro, you said all sports. So I'm going to be coming to oh, you no. for all my MLS betting oh, advice. No. Uh, when this, like, Timbers just some had the preseason start up. Baseball no. <laughs> and soccer, hockey, no. Uh, I'll be talking Tennis. to you about some uh, some lacrosse betting. Oh, maybe no. some uh, Where some are you finding lacrosse wrestling. lines at? That's a, that's uh, how about some highlight? We could, well, we could look at some highlight What book are games. you getting these numbers from? I don't trust it. <laughs> Okay. Sports book you're using. But yeah, check out uh check out the TD Sports Pod for all of your betting lines. But as far as the Blazer lines, you're gonna bring us some of those right here, right here on like, the Chocasters Pod. What yes you got sir. for us? Well, tomorrow, uh, I'm I am a little taken back right now because I am looking at the line for tomorrow that it has already been set for the Blazer Celtics. Looks like the there's Celtics, a glitch in the matrix over there. Your head was kind of like you know, the you Celtics are only a one. five and a half point favorite. They're really? Coming in, yeah. They're coming into Portland. I know they're a road dog, and I know they have some injuries, but I think it's just Kimball Walker, really. Uh, yeah, it's just Kimball Walker. And we have Damian Lillard's out listed. I don't get this. I was going to set it at, like, Celtics 8, 8.5. Wow. <laughs> uh, the Celtics are a really good team. They have a lot of guys that I think they're going to give a lot of the Blazers problems. Their team Blazers are not going to be able to match up well with all their wings. Uh they're going to have a hard, hard time guarding Jason Tatum, who's been on a tear lately. Uh, probably take the Celtics five and a half then on that. Yeah, five and a half. That seems like a pretty mild line, uh, considering that, again, Blazers played their last, I think, two games with nine They played that Pistons game, and I meant to say it in our past interview because you were saying um, when we were talking to Oliver, when you were talking about the games, you said we had one very credit game with New Orleans and one good game win with New or with Detroit. That Detroit yeah. game was very, yeah. very cruddy. The fact yeah, that we only good, beat good that, game. 
quotes. That Detroit team by three, and we <laughs> almost probably would have lost to it if, I mean, we really got saved by Carmelo having his best scoring yeah, dude. of the year. If he doesn't have that, we lose that game. How do we not mention Carmelo earlier? With, with, yeah, he, he just, CJ he had a night for sure. I think we kind of got distracted by that. But yeah, Melo, if it was not for him having his best scoring night yeah. in three years of production, yeah, I think. We lose myself. that game to a, yeah. a terrible Detroit Pistons team that I bet you... With most people couldn't even name that team. I mean, I, I can name I, one player on that team, Derrick Rose. I don't even want to name him because Derrick Rose, Rose, Bruce Brown, oh Bruce Sekou Brown, Dumboye. No, no, he lost um, me. You're, you're talking fantasy rosters now, where I know the Luke name when Kennard's I see it. Luke Kennard's on there. There's a couple <laughs> other guys. Christian Wood. Okay, let's yeah. talk about the so, Blazers. So uh, anyway, I'm going to take Detroit the Celtics the minus view, five and a half. Yep, I'm taking the Celtics minus five and a half there. Celtics minus five and a half. Yeah, okay. That that again, it's a mild line if all they're missing is Kemba, and we have less than we have single-digit players available on the roster. We have a four-man bench uh, outside of the starting five, and it's not even a starting five. It's it's five featuring some of our bench dudes. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be rough. Uh, I think if I was a betting man, I would also be taking that five and a half for the Celtics, but I don't like betting against the Blazers, so I'll abstain. Next game. There you go. Next game. Smart. Next, we have the Trailblazers starting their road trip, and it's likely that we will not have Damian Lillard on this East Coast road trip. They go to the Indiana Pacers on the 27th. That game's on TNT. Um, I will set that as Indiana. Um, I'll set that as I'll set that as Pacers six point favorites. Pacers six? You're giving the Pacers more than you're giving good. the Celtics coming in here. Well, ah. the, they're home. Yeah, it's it's on the road for us too. Yeah. Uh, okay. How about this? I will take uh, Blazers beat the spread on that. I'm going against the spread. Uh, so Indian is going to take the game, but hopefully it's closer than six. Okay. 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 What else do we have that week? What's next? Uh, then game. the Blazers go to the Atlanta Hawks two days later. Um, I will put the Blazers open up as two and a half point favorites. And. There we go. I don't think they're going to win that game. What? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to give Blazers two and a half point favorites. Two and a half point favorites on the road in Atlanta. And then you just say they're not going to win it. Are you betting against yourself, sir? I'm not going to bet. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't. I I, I really, I mean, the Blazers should win that game. But now, like, I'm just trying to be realistic. The Hawks. With Trey Young, no Damian Lillard. Trey Young could go for 50. And I mean, if oh, CJ gosh. goes for 50, and if CJ's tired by the time he gets there because he's playing two Celtics Pacers teams who are very good defensively, who are going to make him work for everything he has. Now he comes plays his Atlanta team, second, already into the road trip. I don't like it. All right. Well, and this, yeah, yeah. Out of pure pride, I'm going to bet the places on this one. Take. Someone uh, needs to. I'm, I'm going. I'm taking that two and a half. Blazers take two and a half. Well, yeah, we can win by a three on this. We just beat the Pistons that way. We can do it in Atlanta. We can do this. Uh, and I'm going to prove you wrong, sir. And if I am wrong on this bet, I'm okay with that too. But I'm going to. We're going to take this one. We got it. All right. I like so it. that is that is the week of games. Uh, I think we'll be back for another episode on Sunday. So we will cover. What is it? Is there a game Sunday night? Is that what the other one is? There's a game on the twenty. There's a game on the yeah Sunday night. No Monday night. The second. Oh, so there's no game Sunday. I, for some nope. reason, okay. nope. no game Sunday. I have a record. Okay, cool. Uh, so that is the games for the week. We'll see how those go. And Ty, I hope your lines hold up, man. I hope you uh, continue to get this right. Uh, except for when you're betting against me, then I hope you get it dead wrong. We'll see how it goes. Hey.
<laughs> listeners, write in all of your over-unders, any of your prop bets, any other betting lines, any other questions, any other Blazer thoughts, anything like that that you would like. And you can always win uh, a Trailblazers. Oh, not even a. You can always win a basketball card from Ty over at TD Sports and the hashtag card van slash card garage. Uh, whatever. We got to come up with some new naming for that stuff at some point. Eventually. Uh, but uh, Ty, let's see. We have four listeners that wrote in today. Jared Cowley, Blanked, Lil Ucho, and Leighton Porter. Do you have a card that they are playing for? Not at the moment. They will. I'll have to find one. We'll randomize that one. We'll get it going. We'll randomize. Uh, all right, so I'm going over to random.org. I'm putting one through four. I'm going to hit generate, and it is number one. That is Jared Cowley. Jared Cowley, you have one. Uh, congratulations, sir. You have won a insert blazer card here, whatever we figure out for you from Ty uh, and the TD Sports cards. We will get that over to you soon. Thank you, and congratulations, sir. Thank you all for writing in. We appreciate it so much. Let me get back to where I wasn't here. Thank you, listeners. And remember, you can write us at any time about anything, preferably blazers. Get those cards. Ty, if they're going to write us anything on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, where can they write us at? At Trailcasters. And if they're going to send us an email because they don't like the social medias, where do we take those emails? Trailcasters at gmail.com. And if they're looking for the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, what are we always looking for? Five stars. And please always find this music from Odar at SoundCloud.com slash Odar Beats. And you can find Brandon Nuckton over at ClearlySpeakingOregon.com to get any sort of help with any sort of speaking and hearing needs. In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Ty, as always. And thank you, Odar, for those fat beats. Thank you to our sponsor, Clearly Speaking Oregon. And thank you to Oliver Maroney of The Big Three for joining us today. And, of course, thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Ripsity basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again. And please come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcasters.